you have any old photos that are just rotting away in a shoebox or frame or maybe even, yes, photo albums? Well, you know, it's a big task getting all your photos scanned and uploaded to your photo cloud storage account, right? I mean, it's really hard to beat a dedicated photo scanner for this job. But what if you simply want the photo of your dad in his brand new car or you in that bad childhood haircut? Yeah, we all had them. You know what mine was? Gosh, I looked at the pictures the other day. My sister's wedding, for some reason, when I was 10, I thought that I should get a permanent (laughs) It was awful. Anyway, Google has this app called PhotoScan, and it's absolutely free. And with it, you can use your phone's camera to capture photos and frames. And it's also really wonderful to use it with photo albums because you don't need to take the photo out of the album in order to get the shot. And in seconds, you get the photos. They're glare-free. They're automatically cropped. They're enhanced. They're rotated. And you can find the free PhotoScan app in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Now, that's just an example of what we call a digital life hack. Okay, we used to call them tips, insider secrets, whatever. Pinterest is full of them. There are so many YouTube videos just dedicated to hacks that can make your life easier. And we're talking about simple tech tricks. I mean, life and machines can be really complicated. But these digital life hacks make tech so much easier. And if we need hacks for normal life, we certainly need them for anything else revolving consumer electronics and the internet. The digital world, it's overwhelming. For those who don't have hours like you, we're going to spend time learning every new program, every new platform, every piece of electronic equipment out there. And this is where we, yes, here on this podcast, we are going to be a true lifesaver. Because these are tricks that you only know unless you actually live this digital life. Like, for example, when you have trouble with an Amazon order, okay, do you really want to deal with a chatbot? Absolutely not. So here's what you do. When you're logged into your Amazon account, you go to the contact us page. And at first, yeah, it looks like there's only a way to chat with a representative. But here's the insider secret. If you look closely underneath the yellow start chatting now box in really, really small letters, you'll see, hey, we can call you. What? Yes, Amazon will call you. Enter your phone number and you see an estimated time before you actually get the call back. And let me tell you something, I've never waited more than three minutes. Just have your order number handy to expedite getting the result that you really want. So joining me here on this Kim Commando Explains are my good friends, Ali Seligman. She's our amazing content queen over at commando.com. And Ben Bradley, he's our trusty news director. And Ali, Ben, and myself, we're going to be sharing all of these great insider tech tips. You're going to want to think that you have to write them down, but don't do that because we're going to tell you where you can find all of them in one comprehensive list. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're talking about tech tricks, digital life hacks, these things that you see, like, for example, on BuzzFeed, where they say 10 things that you need to know right now in order to better your life when you're dealing with Hulu. And number four is going to shock you. And then you look at the whole list. You're like, okay, well, number four didn't really shock me, but maybe I learned one little thing. I promise you. Every single tech tip in this podcast, you're going to be astounded and wowed and you're going to love them and you're going to use them time and time again. And these are also really great party tricks that you can share with your family members and friends over the holidays, too. So, Allie, let's start with you. What do you think is the best tech tip that you can pass along? This one is stupid simple, and I want to start it that way. Really easy. This one is less about something new you need to learn and more just a little habit change. And it's about passwords. 
No, I am not going to teach you how to make a perfect complex oh, password. Thank because God. <laughs> it takes a lot of steps, but don't worry. We have articles on how to do that over at commando.com. Instead, I have a better way to share passwords. Okay, don't be like me or past me. So it used to be I was sharing, I was sharing a login and I would send the username and the password all in one go to whoever I was sharing it with. That is a bad mm, idea. Why bad is it a bad idea? idea? It is. And why? Well, because if somebody gets their hands on it, great. They have everything they need, right? Instead, you want to break it up. So my caveat here, only share passwords when it makes sense to someone you totally trust. So let's say I'm sending my husband the password to an account that we share. Yeah, I could send him an email that had the URL to log in, the username, and the password. But... I'm too smart to do that now, and you will be too. Instead, do it in different ways. So I could send him the link in Google Chat. I could send him the password in a text, and I could walk on over and tell him what the login is. Um, yes, <laughs> But then you'd have to actually speak to your husband. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, fine. Then I'll use uh, an email, right? So break it up. Send these things in different ways. Don't give the whole thing in one go or you're just asking for trouble. Now, you know, speaking of passwords, Al, there's one thing that we've written about so many times on the website. It's this simple little trick. You know, when your family member and friends comes over and they say, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? And you're like, you know, you really don't want to give them your Wi-Fi password, right? Or you don't want to have to explain like it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, let me in. Or <laughs> at my house, it's the network name is FBI surveillance van. And then, you know, you've got to give them the other password. And so there's this really fantastic way, an easy way to let people who visit your home use your Wi-Fi is to simply type the network name and password in a document. You can print it. You can put it in a nice picture frame. That's if you're going to have guests. That's what I've done. Or better yet, you can make your own, are you ready for it, QR code, right? I mean, Ooh. this is pretty fancy. I'm surprised you don't have this in your home, Ben, because you're such a geek of the week. Oh, we do. But it's the same technology that rushed... Oh, you do. See, I knew that you would. <laughs> the same technology that restaurants are using now to show menus during the whole pandemic. Uh, you go to this website called QRCodeMonkey.com. You select Wi-Fi. You enter your network name and password. And then here's the magic. Drum roll, please. Create QR code. Then you download the QR code. You print that code for the picture frame. And then get ready to amaze. Whoever comes over to your house, they simply point their device's camera right at the QR code. And they are logged into the network automatically. Oh, see, isn't that sweet? That site again, QRCodeMonkey.com. So, Ben, you have this. Yeah, we've got one taped to the little uh, refrigerator in the guest room. Just a little QR code right there. People come in, find their snacks, whatever, QR code for the Wi-Fi. I changed all, you know, I changed all my passwords to Kenny. Do you know why? Because now I have all Kenny logins. <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs> Oh, yes. All right, Ben. So what do you have up for us as your for, as one of your great tips that you can pass along? Okay, well, you know me. I'm all about smart home, all the smart home stuff. So <laughs> today I just want to focus on so everybody who who is really digging in now, there's a good chance you've maybe got some smart light bulbs, some smart plugs and things like that. So once you have a lot of that stuff in place in different rooms, one of the easiest things to to kind of automate it, make it voice is setting up groups like within the Alexa app. So that way you, you're, you're basically assigning, 
you know, whatever lamps or plugs you have in one room and you're, you're creating a group for that room or for this purpose. So, and then when you go to create a routine, you basically just set that up. So like when I walk into my den, I'll say, computer, you know what to do because I'm a nerd like that. And it knows to activate this loft group <laughs> of all these lights, you know, lamps, accent lights, some neon signs. And it knows to tell the projector to power on the AV receiver, the Apple TV, all of that in one voice command, all because it's a group. You know, it takes a little bit of work in the beginning, just once you have it, but it's actually worth it. It's a huge time saver anytime you set these up or you make changes. So, so how, you, how long does it take to set something like this up? I mean, are you talking like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour? Less than that. I mean, but let's assume you already have your devices set up. Like you already have, you already see them like in the Alexa app. Like you've already gone through that. So creating the group is easy. Like you open the Alexa app. Uh, menu devices, and then you just tap the plus icon and it'll show you uh, a preset list of group names, like common names, like living room or garage, things like that. Or you can create your own select next. And then you select from the list of devices, basically put a check mark next to them and hit save. And then basically you've created this whole new group. It's pretty straightforward once you get it involved. I mean, you know, so you could actually, have you ever tried this? So like when your wife walks into the kitchen that you can say, wife, you know what to do? Oh, yeah. I I think I did that once. I woke up the next day. I don't remember anything. (laughs) It's all bad. It's all, (laughs) but you know, but it does make sense. So rather than walking around and setting everything up, I mean, to create these groups and to create these routines. And it's not very difficult to do. It just (laughs) takes commitment and time. And you know what? I'm really glad that you mentioned Spend because a lot of people probably don't know that you can actually do this. Because, you know, you walk into the room, like you said, you know, you're going to turn on the Apple TV, the TV, the the Bose soundbar, whatever it is, and also set the mood lighting for whatever you're watching. And suddenly it's there. Exactly. Ben, that was really great. Thanks for sharing that. One of the great things that I like to pass along are people are always like amazed at maybe what they've seen on TV that suddenly they can do it themselves. We're talking about self-destructing email, right? The self-destructing message. It's all built into Gmail. A lot of people don't know this, that when you're writing an email in your browser, you simply click the confidential mode button. Okay. That's the one with the padlock with the clock tilted off to the side. But this is where you can set the email to erase itself in a day, a week, a month, three months, or maybe even five years. You know, that five years one is that I actually heard from a listener once who sent that email because it was like she was sending her son a bad note about how awful he was in a drug addict. And she had it to self-destruct after five years. I'm like, you know, the stuff that people share with you on the air, it's kind of weird. But anyway, I digress. I'm back. You can also require an SMS passcode to open the email. So when the expiration date arrives, the email's text will like, poof, go into the intergalactic bit bucket. It will just disappear. But the recipient will still see the email in their inbox. Now, it works best between two Gmail addresses. And remember, it's not foolproof. Someone can still take a photo of the email. So what if you want to send something that is self-destructive? That it would be hard for somebody to take a picture of it. I'm not talking about, you know, Facebook Messenger has the secret button. And Snapchat supposedly is self-destructing and knows if you're going to take a screenshot. You know, there's this app called Confide. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but it's on Windows, Mac, Android, iOS. 
And it lets you share like all different kinds of things like text and photos and videos and documents. But because it's confined, you know, it does more than just send a message, right? Okay. You can set an expiration time. It erases messages forever. As soon as the recipient reads them, if you're worried about receipts, they can disable getting any type of screenshot of it when the app is open. But what about a photo? right? I mean, anybody can take a photo of a message. Well, the app only shows one line of a message at a time. And so even if someone were to take a screenshot or use a separate camera or whatever it may be, each picture would just show a little tiny piece of the message. Okay. So then they'd have to be able to put it all together. Yeah. That's, that's really something that if you want to send a real self-destructing message, but speaking of self-destructive, you know, I found a copy of the DVD mission impossible three. I was cleaning out a closet the other day, you know, and I thought to myself, it's not really a mission impossible if he's already done it twice. I mean, this is number three. What's going on with that? That's really clever. Okay, so now, as you're listening to this, don't you feel smarter? Don't you feel more empowered? Knowledge is power. So you can't leave now because coming up next, we have the insider secret to letting Alexa settle your fights. Yeah, what's that about? Also, how to kick moochers off your streaming accounts. Uh, Ben's going to be talking about Wi-Fi and wires. What does that have to do with each other? And also how to fix Bluetooth connection issues. I promise you these are things that you're going to use time and time again. So don't leave us now. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We are talking about all kinds of digital life hacks on this podcast. Just amazing things. Now, Allie... I'm always amazed about how you and your husband deal with all these different streaming accounts. So if somebody hasn't heard the story, so how do you make sure that your streaming bills don't become more than your cable bill? Well, normally we don't have more than one streaming service at a time. Um, We're not huge TV watchers, and so we're generally not watching a bunch of series. Though I will say right now, we've actually gotten addicted to a couple different shows. And of course, they're all on different streaming services. So we have a handful But we do a good job at making sure we have the renewal dates in our calendars. And then if the show ends or we're just not watching anything anymore, we actually do get rid of it. And, you know, over the course of a year, if you've got, I don't know, five streaming services, that's a lot of money. Absolutely. Okay. But now what about people who are moochers, you know, like sharing passwords? I mean, how do you really know that they're on your account? What's the easiest way for people to find that out? Yeah, this came to my mind because not too long ago, I was renewing my Hulu subscription and I went in and I thought, okay, I should make sure I know all the devices that are logged in and just see if anything is signed in. And wouldn't you know it, there were a couple in there that didn't look familiar to me. Um, They had weird names. They were devices that we don't own. And that's not a password that I've shared before. So I knew something was up. Um, So just like past me was bad at a smart way to share passwords. Uh, past me also was still using a password that was leaked in a data breach. So oh, Allie, that hurts my heart. It oh, hurts my me gosh. too, Kim. I know. I really didn't realize it was going on. So I went in and I kicked out all those devices, 
but I didn't change my password yet because I wanted to see if they came back. And that's how I would know, okay, they actually just have the password. And yes, a couple of days later, I got an email that one of the devices had signed back in. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. So first thing I did, of course, I went in and I changed my password. And then I kicked out all those devices again and haven't seen any trace of them since. So all is well. So whatever service you're using, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple, Hulu, Sign in, go to your account settings, and then you'll see an option in there to sign out all devices. I really recommend you do this every now and again, just for a clean start. This can also help if we mentioned moochers, maybe you've shared your password with a bunch of friends or people in your family, and then you hit that limit and you go to watch something and nope, sorry, all your, you know, all your devices are are signed in right now. So whether you change the password, that's up to you. I would definitely say if you see something in there you don't recognize, change the password, kick everybody out. And if they really want it, they'll ask you again. So, so did you ever get your dad Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> my dad does have Netflix. Yeah. Um, not too long ago, I was over at my parents' house and uh, my sister had been talking to them about what she was watching on Netflix. And my dad yelled, Elle. We got to get Netflix. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to report they are all signed up. They're very well, excited. You know, despite Putin's recent crackdowns in Russia, there's a new streaming service for banned movies, and it just launched. I don't know if you heard about this in Russia. It's called Netflix. Get it? All right. That was bad. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, you're supposed to be my friends. Okay. Friends laugh at people's jokes, even if they're really bad. Just can you pretend from now on? I was laughing on the inside. Uh, Oh, I see. All right. Okay, Ben, you're going to tell us how to save your Wi-Fi. Well, it's just take some of the strain off. Now, I know you get a router now. And uh, well, I've told you how many devices I have hooked up. It usually... All the things hooked up to my network, it hovers in the 80s. So that covers, well, you know, TVs, uh, streaming devices, security cameras, uh, the fridge, the washer and dryer, all that stuff. Anyway, the <laughs> routers, they can handle, they say, up to like 250 devices that you can connect via Wi-Fi. But if I have the ability to actually hardline something in with Ethernet, it's not an, an extinct you know, basically way to connect to the internet. Um, so my setup is I have like a, a mesh router system and they've got ethernet ports. So I have them in a couple of rooms where I can run an ethernet cable kind of behind a couch from this router. And like to my entertainment center where I'll have like the Apple TV or the smart TV and the, the, the AV receiver and anything else that can connect via ethernet, just basically wired in. It's first off, it's faster it's more reliable. It's not going to drop off. There's nothing like any kind of wireless interference from, well, anything in your house or the walls that is ever going to mess with that, you know, the, that internet signal going to your devices. So that's the thing. If you have a mesh router system and you can run ethernet, you should do that. If you have a single router that's in a room with like your main entertainment center and a lot of that stuff can just be wired directly in, get, get a little, you know, an ethernet switch, you can pick them up for as cheap as uh, 15, 20 bucks. And they've got five or six ethernet ports. So you plug in all these devices and then you just run that line right into your router and stable, fast, secure internet. You don't have to worry about dropping off. So now about the ethernet cables. Okay. Do you have a particular color? Cause look at the mine. I just pulled mine off the floor. You know why it's yellow 
so I can always find it. <laughs> it's bright <laughs> yellow. <laughs> well, wouldn't you believe that I have mine color coded based on what it's plugged into? Of course, of you do. Of course. Okay, so tell us about the color codes. <laughs> oh, basically, like the the one that the Ethernet switch that I've got on my entertainment center. Like, so I've got one going to the Apple TV, one going to the receiver, one going to the PS5, and uh, at least two other things that I don't remember. But yeah, they all have different colored Ethernet cables coming off this switch. So basically, I can just kind of look behind, and it's like, okay, there's the red cable coming off that one, so I know if I need to move this, I just unhook that one, and, you know, just, it's, it's visually, so, it's very easy to tell. So, Ben, this is like an unrelated question, and I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but when you were a kid, and you had like your Easter basket of jelly beans, I mean, did you like put the, like the reds with the reds, and the greens with the greens, and the blacks with the blacks? I might have organized a few things. I mean, I'll tell you one other thing here. How's this? Like when I had baseball cards back in the eighties and nineties and I was collecting them, I would actually type out lists um, to organize them in binders. Now I do mean type out on a typewriter and paper that I would have to change out every couple months, basically redo the list. Now, how are the, do the kids really appreciate these life skills that you're passing along to them? Oh, God, no. I think that's why their uh, rooms are as messy as they are. It's some kind of defiance. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of Wi-Fi, what do you call a dog with Wi-Fi? A hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that good was, one. Yeah, was. Yeah. All right. So now what if you want to turn your handwritten notes into something digital that you can put inside your computer? This is always a big question. OK, there are a few ways that you can do this. Of course, Moleskin has been around, right? You have a Bluetooth pen and then you've got special paper and an app. And then so as you're writing is that it can be saved up to the cloud. It's a searchable Word file, Google Doc, what have you. Um, there's also a competitor called LiveScribe. And I actually thought that this would be a great idea for me because, you know, I keep handwritten notes in a book. And I thought, well, this is going to be something. So I actually went out and purchased the Remarkable 2, because I figured the Remarkable 1 wasn't very remarkable, so I had to wait for the Remarkable 2. So I got the Remarkable 2, and all it does is take handwritten notes. It's not connected to the internet or anything, and but you can draw and you can save pictures and take notes. And I thought, $700 for this? Yes, $700. By the time you buy it, oh, I, you need to buy the special pen. And you want the pen with the eraser, by the way, because... Why would you not want the eraser? So that's like another hundred bucks. And then, of course, you know, why not have the good leather case, please? I mean, if you're going to have the remarkable, I mean, what do you have? The unremarkable? No, you need the leather <laughs> case. So like 700 bucks. I used it for about a week and then I handed it off to Barry and he's been using <laughs> it uh, kind of almost a little bit because he knows that I told him if he doesn't use it, I'm going to send it back. So every time he's like, oh no, I'm using it. I'm using it. I'm using it. But then there's also just the smart pens. Like Neo has a smart pen. You can buy them for like 229 bucks. And when you write, all your stuff goes into the cloud. I like free, right? Free is always good. Free makes sense for us. So you can always take a picture of writings. Mm, no way to search for certain phrases. You don't want to do that. So you need something made for the job. Now, so a great way to get a handwritten note into your computer is to use this app, Evernote. I mean, it's, I don't know if you've guys have ever used it, but it's really phenomenal. You just take a picture of the note and then they turn it into a searchable document. You can organize your notes in folders and with labels. 
And then also little Microsoft. Yes, little Microsoft has something called the OneNote app. You take a picture you're writing and like Evernote, you can organize things into labels and pages and things, what have you. Um, but just keep in mind that the apps, they only work well with legible handwriting. <laughs> so uh, if your handwriting is like <laughs> mine, not so much. How is your handwriting? I've noticed like I used to have really nice what we used to call penmanship or handwriting. Okay. I Mine's horrible. I mean, I can hardly read it myself sometimes. Mine's pretty good. It always has been, but it, you can tell it's definitely fallen off a cliff over the past 15 years or so. Just, you know, you don't, I, I mean, I write notes still and I'll write things, but not like what I used to. So <laughs> I, I can tell there's a definite drop off. Penmanship has always been one of my strong suits, we'll say. And I used to say that I, um, that I write like a serial killer and I don't <laughs> oh. mean like crazy scrawl. I mean, it's like perfect. So it's, it's just one of those things. I just have very... Um, it looks like typing if I'm really trying. Really? Wow. It's that's my, my hidden talent. Okay. So now I know for the next like group zoom pandemic, post pandemic, <laughs> whatever we're calling it company get together, we should have people write things and then try to figure out who's, who that is, who wrote that. That would be really fun. That's a good idea. I think that'd be fun. So you can say like, oh yeah, that's, you know, I and mean, it'd be interesting to see what everybody's handwriting actually looks like. All right, we're talking about great digital life hacks. These are great tips that we're passing along. Uh, still to come, we are going to be talking about Alexa, fixing your Bluetooth connection, and how you can find what you really want to watch on these streaming services. Because if you're like me, you sit there and you turn everything on, you're like, there's still nothing to watch, right? Uh, but first, we have to say a few thank yous to our sponsors. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. So you're learning all kinds of great things. Oh, yes. And the price is free. And if you love this type of information, make sure that you subscribe to the current newsletter. It's the Smart Tech Newsletter. Almost 100,000 folks love it. They get it twice a week and you can too. And it's absolutely free. And you can sign up at thecurrentnewsletter.com. That's thecurrentnewsletter.com. So, Ali, let me ask you a question. I know that Scott is wonderful. And you love him dearly and you guys are sweethearts. But is there, has there ever been a time where it's like you want to do something and he wants to do something and you have to like settle like an argument? Oh, all right. Here's, here's the, the real fact of it. He is a sweetheart. And if I really have, if it's a preference thing and I have a strong preference, Scott will always say, okay, you pick. Which I'm, I'm a very lucky lady. If but I also am, am pretty hard-headed. So if we're actually disagreeing about something where there's like a real wrong or right, it's hard for me to admit that I was actually wrong. And uh, the other <laughs> the other side of, of Scott is he's annoyingly always right. And so, yeah, if there's if it's some kind of like, hey, what year did that happen? Or who was in that movie? <sighs> he's probably going to be the one who was right. And so if that's happening you know, maybe you're disagreeing about, all right, when did that team win the World Series? I think it was 85. You think it was 86. How do you settle those debates? You just Google it, right? You just look it up. Mem right. Remember back yes. in the day when you actually just had to like take a little bit of time to actually go look it up? Or you just said like, you know, agree to disagree. So now if it's like a fact, yes, you can find the answer really quickly. But 
Say you need a fair way to settle something that is more a preference. You can ask Alexa to flip a coin. This is one of the most basic Alexa uses that I never think to use, but I'm definitely going to now because I can see it being super handy. So a funny little side note, um, I stumbled upon this article on Medium and it was from this couple. They're both scientists and during the pandemic, they were really bored. And so they decided to see how fair the Alexa coin flipping is. And so they wrote a Python script that asked Alexa to flip a coin 500 times and it seemed to be a little bit more biased toward tails. So extra pro tip, do with that information what you will. If you ask Alexa to flip a coin, maybe pick tails. I don't know. <laughs> but so say, here's another scenario. Say you need to pick between a few things. Um, it's Saturday night. You want to order dinner in and everybody wants something else, of course, because we all want something else. Ben wants pizza. Kim, you want sushi. I want, I don't know, tacos. And we've got three of our other friends. Well, instead, we can all pick a number, say one through six, and then we can say, Alexa, roll a die. And she'll give us a number. And then she can pick for us so that we don't have to fight amongst ourselves. Um, This is a good use, too, for finding a random number because it's not just a six-sided die that Alexa can roll. So you can say even like, Alexa, roll a D100. And then you just get a random number, one through 100, or a D20. So if you're looking to settle a debate, try those out. You know, it reminds me of the hockey game, really. I mean, you know, hockey games always settle, seems like there's always a lot of fights in a hockey game. And, you know, so if you're, in case you're wondering, I don't know if you heard about this, but how did the leper hockey game end? How did the leper hockey game end? There was a face-off in the corner. Okay, that was, <laughs> that was, that was bad. That was bad. All right. Is so, the Zamboni going around now. <laughs> exactly. Good one. Um... Bluetooth well connections. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Right. This yes, and maybe this is a little more specific. But I, I, I know I'm not the only one out there who's had this issue. Like really, since um, work, you know, working remotely when you're having video calls and more often than not, and the earbuds, the wireless earbuds, just aren't working. You know, they just they'll just drop off. They'll just go staticky. So I messed around with this stuff a lot, uh, you know, about a year ago and things like that. So I've really kind of got it down to a science of just a couple things you really need to do when you're having issues with your Bluetooth connections on your, on your computer, you know, cause some of the things are, you know, some wireless earbuds just don't play nice with windows or vice versa, like AirPods with a PC, they just don't always connect. But when you're, you're, you're connecting these earbuds to your computer and you've got them paired and all that, they, they go from like a stereo mode, like if you're watching videos on YouTube or on a news site or whatever, into kind of a headset mode when you're on a call, and that's where the problem is. So the easiest thing to do when you're having issues, whether you're using Google Meet or Zoom, basically start simple, turn it off and back on again. That goes for the earbuds, and that goes for toggle Bluetooth on, your toggle Bluetooth off on your PC and toggle it back on again through settings. The other easy thing to do which again, I don't know why I didn't try this first. There, there is a Bluetooth troubleshooter built into Windows that you can just search for, and it'll, it'll identify and fix common problems. And last thing, go to your device manager and find the Bluetooth driver, right-click, and just tell it to look for the latest driver because that was an issue a few months ago where it just I didn't have the, the latest Bluetooth driver, and once that was updated, no problems whatsoever until Windows 11. You know, this... 
those driver issues are always, they've always been a nightmare in Windows. I mean, since day one, <laughs> there's been problems. You think like they could fix it by now, right? I mean, somebody should be like in charge of like, like the vice president of drivers. I mean, you know, Microsoft <laughs> actually has a title called product evangelist. I don't know if you heard about it. It's just true. It's not a joke. There's a, pri- a product evangelist. And so it's like their job to spread <laughs> good news about a particular product. Imagine if you were like the product evangelist for like Vista. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh I can't really think of anything this week. <laughs> all I know is we're going to have Patch Tuesday, Patch Thursday. Patch. <laughs> yes. And save them all because they might not work. All right. You just might need to roll back. Just say <laughs> All right. How many times you sat around? Uh, there's nothing to watch, right? Although I'll tell you, Barry and I have been watching Foundation on Apple TV Plus. We're watching that too. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so you probably think after you got rid of the cable, you'd have like this endless supply of movies and shows once you join the streaming movement. Well, you do. But the problem is finding them, right? I mean, there's just so much. And that's where like a couple of websites can really help you from just mindlessly scrolling through thumbnails and program descriptions. Two sites, justwatch.com and realgood.com. That's real R-E-E-L, by the way. They work pretty much the same. You just pick your streaming service. You sort by anything, release date to genre. But what I like about it, because, well, you're my friends, you know I'm cheap, is that when you find a movie or show, you can say, oh, I have to pay for it on here, but I can get it free on Amazon Prime or it's on Netflix. And um, there's also another site, RottenTomatoes.com, so you can see what's trending along with tomato meter ratings from editors and also people like you. So if you have those three sites, but just one more thing I want to pass along with streaming is that if you have a library card, have you ever been to the Phoenix Library? Anyone? Of course. I love the library. Really? I'm trying to remember the last time I was at a library. <laughs> I'm a big library fan. I, I mostly check out books, um, audiobooks? ebooks and audiobooks on my on my phone or my Kindle. Because uh, the last time I, I actually took Ian to the library because he needed a library card for some class in high school. This was a couple of years ago. And we went down to the Phoenix Library and he's like, actually asked me like, why are all those men hunched over the computer monitors? I'm like, mm. <laughs> you got it. You don't want to know what they're watching. Yeah, you got to stay away from that section. (laughs) No, that was a bad part of the library. But you have, like you mentioned, Al, you have great streaming services with the library card. You get movies, but you get free music, audiobooks, ebooks, comics, TV shows. And you can have it all on your computer, your tablet, your phone, and even your TV. Uh, You can stream stuff automatically. You can download it. And it's really not old junky stuff that no one wants. Now, you don't even need to go to your local physical library. You just enter your library card number into the streaming services app. And there are two. One's called Hoopla. And the other one is Canopy with a K, of course. And both have apps to check out. And you can get more information about this with you can get more information about all this at Kamado.com with a K, of course. And so don't you feel smarter? Don't you feel empowered now that you have all these tech tips, Ben? Oh, was I not already smart? But you're smarter. You're smarter. <laughs> and, yes. and, and Allie, I'm sure you learned a few things. 
Of course, I always do. So for more tech tips like this, you want to hit commando.com and you want to go to commando.com slash subscribe. Now, this is where the shameless self-promotion comes in because we have a tech tips newsletter that every single day we send one of these out. As a matter of fact, we are like tips galore. We are. Everywhere you look, there's some digital life hack. So I want to make sure that you rate, you review, you subscribe, you follow to whatever we're doing. Hit commando.com. Hit Kim Commando Explains. Make sure that you listen to Tech Refresh and you get the digital tech update. Or And make sure that you listen to the three-hour weekend show that you can get over at getkim.com. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. And Allie, I always forget for Android, Shoutcast, is that it? Supporting cast. You were close. Close. I was close. Supporting cast. <laughs> Sounds like, looks like, something like that. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, give us a great rating because we love you. 